Good day, Mechanicsville Church family and anyone else who may be listening to this sermon. It's always a joy to bring the Word of God to you, and we look forward to July 5th when we can return to the Family Life Center for worship in person, and there will be other options available, and we will uh, get that word out to you closer to the time. Our scripture this morning is found in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, under the heading, The Penalty of Being Useless. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Are those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not... After that, you can cut it down. An examination was being held in little Emma's class at school, and the question was asked, upon what do hibernating animals subsist during the winter? Emma thought for a few minutes and then wrote, all winter long, hibernating animals subsist on the hope of a coming spring. In using parables, Jesus speaks in a pointed and powerful way about God, people, life privileges, opportunities, and responsibilities. His parables also contain warnings and point out the various perils we face as human beings. In the parable of the barren fig tree, our Lord speaks about the penalty of being useless and fruitless. There is both nation and a personal application in this parable. Jesus was speaking to the nation of Israel and declaring that Israel had one more opportunity to bear fruit to the glory of God. Israel was rejecting God's Messiah and God's purpose for them as a nation. Forty years later, the nation of Israel was to disappear as a national entity and remain so for nearly 1,900 years. The vineyard is an Old Testament figure for Israel. The symbolism of the fig tree is uncertain, but it also probably represents Israel. It was customary for Palestinians to plant fruit trees in their vineyards. The parable invites allegorical interpretation. The owner of the vineyard is Israel's God. For three years, an indefinite but limited period of time, he has been patient with the tree that has not borne the expected fruit. The vine dresser who secures more time for the tree can be thought to represent Jesus, whose intercession has gained another opportunity for Israel. By digging around the tree to cut away the grass and weeds and by fertilizing it, every reason for fruitlessness extraneous to the tree itself must be removed. Nevertheless, the story is a parable and not an allegory. As a parable, it has one major point. Israel is being given one last opportunity. If she does not bear fruit, she will be cut down. The fruit which God expects are the deeds which express genuine response to his call to repentance. Jesus spoke to his nation and he speaks to us in a powerful way through this parable of the unfruitful fig tree. First, Jesus speaks of God's absolute ownership. 
The parable is talking about God and the nation of Israel. This beautiful vineyard song found in Isaiah chapter 5 verses 1 through 7 is actually a parable, one of the most striking examples of the literary genre to be found in the Old Testament. The parable of the vineyard cast in the form of a love song was probably sung by the prophet at one of the harvest festivals in Jerusalem. He may have appeared in the guise of a minstrel introducing a new song, a most effective way to capture the attention of the crowds milling about the temple. He proposed to sing a song concerning his beloved and his vineyard. Beloved in this context simply means friend. The song immediately develops into a story of his friend's solicitous care for his vineyard and of the disappointing results. Only in the surprise ending is the friend identified as the Lord of hosts and the vineyard, the house of Israel. God had been and continues to be repudiated as our creator. Both the people of ancient Israel and modern civilization for all practical purposes repudiated God as creator and set themselves up in the created order. God had been and continues to be repudiated as owner. Israel did not see God as owner with a clear title and all of the rights that accrue to ownership. Many people today do not see the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ as the owner of the earth and all of those who dwell in it. God had been and continues to be repudiated as sustainer. For all practical purposes, contemporary people believe that everything happens because of natural means. They do not see God as the great engineer behind this fabulous universe. By repudiating God as creator, owner, and sustainer, people have made practical atheists of themselves, leaving out God and suffering the consequences. Second, Jesus speaks of God's right to expect an appropriate return. When you rent an apartment, house, or business building, you acknowledge who the owner is, and that you always expect to pay a rental fee to that person. Both Israel and people today have repudiated the rights of the divine owner to receive an appropriate return on his investment. God does not expect impossibilities from his people. God does not expect fig trees to produce grapefruit. God does not expect grapevines to produce watermelons. God does not expect cornstalks to produce cotton fiber. The fruit of the fig tree is figs. The fruit of a redeemed human being is conduct worthy of the family of God. Furthermore, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. The fruit of a child of God is another child of God. Jesus was encouraging his nation and he would encourage us to recognize that the Father God is both pleased and glorified when we bring forth much fruit to his honor and glory. We need to be fruit bearers for the Lord. Third, Jesus speaks of a limitation of divine patience. When we read in Luke chapter 13, verse 7, These three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? While in verses 2 and 3 we were dealing with the act of a cruel leader and perhaps of people who ask for it by their political activity, now we are probably to think of an act of God falling randomly on those who just happen innocently to be present. The same judgments apply. It was apparently quite common to grow fig trees in vineyards. This one had been mature enough for the owner to have expected fruit from it for at least three years, and it had regularly disappointed the owner. The vineyard worker was ordered to cut it down, but he asked for one more year of opportunity for the tree during which he will provide it with special nurture. 
the parable reinforces the need for repentance and suggests that there is a strict limit to the time available for the required repentance. The images of judgment graciously held back for a time. God is not in the business of encouraging parasites who use up space that could be occupied by productive plants. God wants to replace parasites with those who will be productive. The national application of this parable is that God's patience with a nation can be exhausted. The personal application is that God's patience with a rebellious, unfruitful individual who has been blessed with his favor can reach the point of exhaustion. We must decide whether we're going to be producers or parasites in the kingdom of God. Fourth, Jesus speaks of the gospel of a second chance. Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. When we look back and evaluate our performance, we must admit that there have been periods of time when we have not been very productive as fig trees in the vineyard of God. We have not brought forth fruit pleasing to God. While some opportunities may be past and impossible to recall, we can rejoice that we do have the present. Let each of us decide that we will respond to the working of God's Spirit within our hearts and cooperate with the Father God that we might be productive rather than barren plants. Let us decide not only to read God's Word, but to heed it and to put it into practice. Let us see prayer as something more than a fire escape of a parachute. Let us determine to listen that we might receive instructions, correction, and commissions to do what God wants us to do. Let each of us recognize that the church is more than a place. Let us see it as the body of Christ in the world today through which he carries on his work in the world. Let each of us rejoice that in and through the church we can serve the Lord. Let us not neglect or ignore the Holy Spirit as we are nurtured in the faith. Instead, let us respond to him positively as he creates within us a hunger for fellowship with God and as he lays on us the blessing of a burden of compassionate concern for those around us. Let us seize every opportunity for self-improvement through study and training. Then we will become more confident in the church as choir members, Sunday school teachers, and outreach ministers, and all the other ministry opportunities who carry the good news of God's love to people in the community. It is important that we recognize our role and responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ, particularly in this time of pandemic. We find ourselves in this field this morning looking for ways to be more of the people of God in the presence of the world. So let us seize every opportunity. Many years ago, a teacher assigned to visit children in a large city hospital received a routine call requesting that she visit a particular child. She took the boy's name and room number and was told by the teacher on the other end of the line, we're studying nouns and adverbs in his class now. I'd be grateful if you could help him with his homework so he doesn't fall behind others. It wasn't until the visiting teacher got outside the boy's room that she realized it was located in the hospital's burn unit. No one had prepared her to find a young boy horribly burned and in great pain. She felt that she, just, she couldn't just turn and walk out, so she awkwardly stammered, I'm the hospital teacher, and your teacher sent me to help you with nouns and adverbs. The next morning, a nurse on the burn unit asked her, What did you do to that boy? Before she could finish a profusion of apologies, the nurse interrupted her. You don't understand. 
we've been very worried about him. But ever since you were here yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's fighting back, responding to treatment. It's as though he decided to live. The boy later explained that he had completely given up hope until he saw that teacher. It all changed when he came to a simple realization. With joyful tears, he expressed it this way. They wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? Where do you stand with reference to this parable of the barren fig tree? Does this parable make you think? If you have not been born again, you have not brought forth any fruit to the glory of God. You breathe God's air at no cost. You are alive because of a pump in your chest that God constructed. You are blessed with an astounding computer between your ears that God engineered and with which you think. You live off the food produced in God's garden. It is time you recognize him as creator, owner, and sustainer and respond to his love by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, and for some reason or another you have been asleep and inactive, it's time to awake from your stupor and become productive for God. Have you found your way to Jesus? Have you found your way to being a productive Christian? Shall we pray? <coughs> Gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this parable of warning that shows us who we are in relationship to you and how you have nurtured us and cared for us and given us every opportunity. May we take the opportunities that you have given to us and use them to your glory so that others might bear fruit and so that others might come to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.